So Money, episode 383, Dr. Kelly Brogan. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. So Money is brought to you today by Wix.com. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 75 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, and even video backgrounds, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. The site empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. Welcome back, everyone. This is So Money. How are you? I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Thanks for joining me. Today's episode touches on a topic that I think affects all of us in some way, shape, or form, whether we experience it or we know someone who goes through it. Depression. I think I was a little depressed perhaps uh, four or five years ago. It was a combination, I think, of just being overworked, tired. It was the winter. I lived in an apartment that got no natural sunlight. And I had this looming deadline of a book proposal. Actually, it was actually the one of the book done by January. And it was between October and December that I just got into this slumber, this malaise. I couldn't get out of bed. I thought I was just tired. I thought I was just maybe dealing with some jet lag from the holidays, from Thanksgiving, because I'd been in California. And it was finally my then fiance at the time who was like, I, honey, I think you might be a little depressed, <laughs> not to make it a light matter, but I think that uh, we just don't know sometimes, you know, what's going on, how our environment, how our experiences start to impact our mental quality. But today's guest will take it even a step further and say that it's not just your environment or or not even your DNA, but it's the what you're putting in your body that's impacting your mindset, that's impacting your depression potentially, that we don't talk enough about nutrition and how that impacts our mindset. Today's guest is Manhattan-based holistic women's health psychiatrist, Dr. Kelly Broken. She has an important book out right now. It's called A Mind of Your Own, The Truth About Depression and How Women Can Heal Their Bodies to Reclaim Their Lives. And while the book is about largely women, I think everybody can take away from this book. I mean, we talk so much in this country about healing through medication, right? Healing through pills, especially if you're someone who goes through depression, but why she thinks that that is actually not the solution. Dr. Brogan completed her psychiatric training and fellowship at NYU Medical Center. After graduating from Cornell Medical College, she has a Bachelor of Science from MIT in Systems Neuroscience. She's also board certified in psychiatry, psychosomatic medicine, and integrative holistic medicine. And she specializes in root cause resolution approach to psychiatric syndromes and symptoms. I love talking to her. We talk about, again, what causes depression, really? What are we putting into our bodies that leads to this? 
And of course, we talk about money, we talk about health, but we also correlate it to wealth, things that she practices to help her with her finances. Because at the end of the day, she'll admit she's not the best sometimes with tracking her money, but she has a solution for that. I'm going to stop talking now. Just let this episode play because it's so awesome. Here we go. Here's Dr. Kelly Brogan. Dr. Kelly Brogan, welcome to So Money. I'm really excited to connect with you and learn everything that uh, you know that apparently a lot of us don't about depression and health and food and nutrition and the myths. Welcome to So Money. Total pleasure to be here. Your new book is called A Mind of Your Own. It's already an instant bestseller, The Truth About Depression and How Women Can Heal Their Bodies to Reclaim Their Lives. Now, you have been... um, studying and really invested in this field of understanding depression for quite a while. And you have this out of the box thinking, which mm-hmm. as I'm reading it, I'm like, it's, it shouldn't be out of the box. This should be what we, we should be talking about all the time. It's that, you know, in summary, particularly for women, when you are depressed, the prescription is go see a shrink, get some pills. Right. And that's the short of it. But what you have discovered and you're really passionate about educating everyone, particularly women on, is that it really comes down to what you put in your body. Can you talk about first how you developed an interest in this particular area? Do you have a personal story? Sure do. Yeah. I, um, I, in college, I worked a suicide hotline, actually. I went to MIT and unfortunately, um, there are a number of completed suicides every year at MIT. And and so it was actually a very intense position for just a college kid to hold. And we were supervised by psychiatrists there and I was, um, a neuroscience major. So I was sort of like, you know, angling myself in the direction of, trying my best to, to reduce human behavior to a knowable science, right? I lived the, you know, the greatest part of my adult life in a very, what I would consider masculine energy, right? Where I was very ambitious, very sort of productivity oriented, very much like a doer fixer, somebody who is deeply invested in mastery and it was very adaptive. You know, I, I went on to, to medical school. I did just what I set out to do, um, became, uh, you know, specialized as a psychiatrist. And it really wasn't until my fellowship where I specialized in women's, um, mental health. Um, I was also pregnant at the time that I, I was incentivized, I guess, through my own pregnancy to begin, um, to do a bit more research on some of the, um, you know, some of the pearls I'd been handed down from my mentors in conventional training that I just sort of accepted without any, any questioning. And I did this research because I started to feel like, you know what, I'm not sure I would want to take a medica- medication in pregnancy, even though I'm telling, you know, and exploring the literature with these women, discussing how and why they should be reassured about the safety, believe it or not, of, um, you know, antidepressants, for example, during, during pregnancy. But I just had this little voice inside that told me like, I wasn't really totally convinced, you know? And of course that voice is, is now, uh, something that I recognize as intuition, right? And it was trying to pull me in, in the direction I inevitably would end up. But it wasn't until I developed my own, um, autoimmune thyroid condition postpartum that I had this revisitation with this voice, right? And I said, you know what? I don't want to be on, you know, prescription thyroid hormone for the rest of my life. I know plenty of patients who do that and they never feel quite right. 
I'm going to do this differently. So, so much, I'm sure this is true across arenas, right? So much of, of what we do when we break ranks, um, is that we take things back to the essentials, right? So we get out of our heads, we get out of this construct that we've bought into about how to fix problems quickly, right? Which is the American way, you know, just make those problems go away. Quickest as quickly way to as A to B, right? Exactly. Without an investment in a, a longer term um, outcome and without consideration of the many, many, many variables that are going to be imp- impacted by a quick fix. Right. So through my own uh, through putting this autoimmune disease into remission through lifestyle change, I developed the experiential knowing of how the body has all the tools it needs to do that. And it really caused my entire worldview to crumble. Um, everything that I had learned, everything that I try, you know, in my type A, sort of as we call it, call them in medical school, I was like a total gunner. Um, you know, everything that I had learned was now, uh, you know, brought into the harsh light of a very different reality. And so I spent the better part of, you know, the following eight years unlearning everything that I had put, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, blood, sweat, and sleepless nights into. Mm. So, you know, what, from my personal journey then, you know, to the extension into my clinical practice, um, you know, I now am at the point in my personal development where I completely you know, personally reject the models that I was taught. And that's not to say that these models are not the right fit for certain people, but it's my passionate belief that women deserve to know all of the information so that they can make informed choices about what model of health is most resonant for them. Have you gone back to the fellowship or MIT or (laughs) any of your, your past Mm -hmm. uh, places to say, like, here's what I've discovered. Let's change the the curriculum or the, the advice. So what, how have you now, um, maybe reconciled with your past? It's such a good question. Uh, for a couple of years I did, I did teaching in all of the teaching hospitals in New York city. Um, I did, you know, blogging for more conventional outlets and, as I became more and more sure, you know, that I was on, you know, a path that in no way, um, can coexist with the current system in terms of its philosophy. And I can touch on what that philosophy is in its essence in a second, but the, the more sure I became about, um, how radical change was necessary in the system, the more I began to see that it just didn't make sense for me to, you know, be, be, you know, taking my megaphone into the halls, hallowed halls of conventional medicine. Because the truth is there's this Bucky Fuller quote, right? Which essentially alludes to how you, you don't fight the system. You build a new system that renders the current system obsolete. Right. And that became sort of my rallying cry where I was like, I am going to create something, a a consciousness around health and wellness and particularly mental health and particularly depression that is so um, empowering to women that going the conventional route is just not going to make any sense. It's not going to feel appealing anymore. And so it's not, it's not such a matter of convincing or coercing people who actually feel held and contained by a medication-based model as it is opening up possibility for people who have that little voice inside that says yes to these concepts, right? The primary distinction between the two models is that 
the model that resonates for me, you can call it holistic medicine, you can call it functional medicine, you can call it whatever you want. But the model that resonates for me looks at depression as a symptom of a greater imbalance, right? So it's almost an invitation for change. And sometimes that change is minor, like, you know, taking a specific nutrient as a supplement. Sometimes it is major, like deconstructing your entire worldview so that you can make room for the type of woman that you actually are here to become. That is a very different perspective than the conventional model, which looks at depression as a disease, maybe one that you were born with, and one that needs to be put into its place, suppressed, so that you can get back to work, <laughs> so that you can maintain your functioning, because there is no room for whatever message that depression is bringing to the table. What is important is suppressing the symptoms. And so the analogy that you know, we use is that in that model, it's as if you have a piece of glass stuck in your foot and you're just going to take a bunch of Tylenol until you don't feel it anymore. Right. Right. How challenging is it though, to work with someone with your philosophy, with your method who is depressed? Because I feel like when you're depressed, Mm. it's hard to even just get off the couch, depending on the level of depression you're at. I know people who've experienced depression, they stay in bed all day. I mean, and then to tell them you need to change your lifestyle, um, seems overwhelming, wouldn't it? Yes. As opposed to, hey, here, take this pill and in four hours you'll feel better. Right. Well, we could talk, we could have a whole show about um, what it is that these pills actually do, but certainly they don't do anything in four hours. Right. Maybe not anything for a month, month and a half, right? So if they do have an effect. So here's the thing. It's a lot about mindset because when I meet with patients, I am offering them a chance for change that they can control. And while that would, for us looking from the outside in, seem totally impossible and overwhelming for the reasons you just mentioned, in fact, to give them back that piece of their agency that they feel they've relinquished is immediately empowering. I mean, I have patients who come in literally with 24-hour home health aids because they cannot function. And when I present what is required essentially for, you know, for this transformation. And when I give them the menu, um, no pun intended of what's necessary, you know, for, for, to engage in this process, something shifts. It's sort of like, you know, you may, you may have the flu and be in your bed, barely able to move. But if I walk in your door and I tell you, Oh my God, guess what? You just won Powerball. It's insane. Can you believe it? You would feel a rush of an energetic reserve, no matter how sick you thought you were five minutes before, right? So we have access to the wherewithal to save ourselves and help ourselves. It is very empowering. I mean, gosh, to hear that message, to know that you have, you have the ingredients Mm -hmm. in you to change your life if you want to. Um, so then what are the ingredients on the menu that we, I know that you have a list of foods or at least inflammation is kind of at the root of a a lot of depression as you've discovered. So what leads to inflammation? That's a great question as well. And, and really we're beginning to look at, it's about 20 years now, believe it or not, that the literature has been reframing depression as a chronic inflammatory disease. It's called the cytokine theory of depression. And it really just puts depression in the same box that all of these modern illnesses from autoimmune diseases to cancer to heart disease, 
have been in, you know, since we began to discover that they didn't exist quite at the rate that they exist now, 150 years ago. So what has changed? So it's referred to as an evolutionary mismatch, right? That over two and a half million years or so, our genes have evolved to come to expect a certain type of environment. That environment includes your air, your water, your food, your day-to-day rhythms, exposure to sunlight and sleep, and your stress levels and the nature of the stress, right? It also includes your interactions with other people and a certain type of community experience. And we have, you know, wandered so far off that path since, you know, the industrial revolution really over the past 100, 150 years that our bodies are essentially revolting, right? And that's why we are sicker than we've ever been in human history uh, today, right? And we know that because of what's going on in terms of even political healthcare debates. We know that we have a big, big, big problem on our hands and medication and conventional models are not chipping away at it. In fact, the costs are only skyrocketing. So in many ways, inflammation is just the body's built-in response to, it's an alarm system, right? It's a built-in response to adversity. And that adversity can come in all of those forms, right? It can come primarily what I focus a lot on, of course, is in inflammatory dietary exposures. So really mostly the intuitive stuff, right? Processed food, sugar, you know, focusing on trendy um, dietary concepts like low-carb diets, uh, and really straying far from a whole foods model. It can come from chemical exposures. So stuff for, as you know, ranging from the cosmetics that you use on your face to fluoride in the water that you drink, um, to air pollution, you know, that you're breathing in all night long as you sleep in your bed that is off gassing formaldehyde. Well, know? as you're saying all of this, I'm like, <laughs> there was a period in my life where I, you could have, maybe I was depressed. I was just, uh, was in the midst of a book and I had no, I had writer's block and I was, it was the oh. winter time. And thinking back, I'm like, you know what? We had no natural sunlight in that apartment. Yeah. Um, my job also was, had no natural sunlight. We were like in the basement of a building. Yeah. Um, how do you begin to do an audit of your environment and of the, and of the makeup and of the foods that you're eating to really pinpoint what is the change that you need to make? Because I'm listening to you and I'm like, I think I've had all of those things at one point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everyone. And whether it manifests physically or psychiatrically, so to speak, is is just subtle differences between us. But I mean, I'm not sure how many people you know who've never struggled with a health problem, but I've never met one. So, you know, we're all in this in different ways. And, and it can feel very overwhelming. Well, you know, look around. Everyone's doing just fine. And we're all you know, drinking soda and sleeping on, you know, uh, not organic sheets, you know, what's the problem? But the truth is it's a cumulative burden. It's like a bucket that gets filled with little drops of water from all of these different exposures over time. And at a certain point, there's going to be a drop that overflows the bucket. And that is impossible to predict, but it's a long process for most of us. So it's one that you can continually prevent because you just every day, drain that bucket a little bit. And the way that you drain the bucket, uh, at least the way that I primarily start is around the dietary piece. And I can elaborate on that some more. Um, but it also involves looking at other ways to enter, right? So are you moving, right? Are you exercising? I used to hate to exercise and there are ways to make this digestible, you know, there are ways to make this doable. What about relaxation response? How are you managing your stress? And I am very interested in a type of meditation called Kundalini yoga that is really bite-sized. Yes. You can start with 
three minutes a day and it can shift your nervous system response literally in three minutes a day. So, you know, what, what can we offer your body in terms of that type of resiliency? And then, you know, sort of the last one I often layer in for patients because it's a big, 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 big project that is almost a lifelong project is how do we detox your environment? right? Like how do we take a look at your entire um, space that you live in at home and all the products you consume and how do we just make better choices so that we can send your body a different signal, you know, every day. If you're running your own business, you know you do whatever it takes to make sure it's running efficiently. And let's be honest, constant trips to the post office can get in the way of productivity. With Stamps.com, I've managed to spend less time at the post office and more time growing my business. Stamps.com makes mailing and shipping easy. Use your own computer and printer to buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package. What I love about Stamps.com is that it does all the thinking for you. With the digital scale, it will calculate the exact postage needed and helps you decide the best class of mail based on your needs. And it's been a total lifesaver for me and my assistant. From the comfort of our office, we've been able to send out business contracts and gifts for my clients easily and efficiently. Join over 500,000 small businesses like mine that use Stamps.com and never go to the post office again. Right now, you can sign up for Stamps.com and use my promo code SOMONEY for this special offer which includes a four-week trial plus $110 bonus offer, including postage and a digital scale. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com. And before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in so money. That's stamps.com. Enter so money. Kelly, I'd love to talk now about your perspective on health and wealth. This is a big theme on so money. We've had many people on the show who are health experts, fitness experts, and they all have really correlating philosophies when it comes to wealth and well-being, financial well-being. Do you have like maybe an overarching money mantra that in, that um, is kind of gives a nod to also your, your beliefs uh, in, in the health world? Yes. Yes. So again, like I said, it's far beyond elimination of symptoms, you know, what I'm after with my patients. And so when I work with patients, I hold it, I don't prescribe medication. I do a lot of medication tapers, but there's, there's no life circumstance that's ever going to buy you a, a prescription, uh, antidepressant in my practice. So, you know, I create a space that actually allows for a lot of wobbling around the stress of life. And it allows patients, I believe, to walk through the fires necessary to be born into the type of experience that they were destined to have. So my philosophy is all you have to do is continue to honor yourself and continue to work on yourself in the ways that I've just described. Um, and as you do that, decisions will be almost made for you and prosperity will emerge from that model without your having to architect it. So I'm a big believer in sort of getting out of your own way. You know, I don't think we have enough data at any given time that is objective, uh, to make great decisions from a place of intellect for ourselves. And we try to do that. And many, many women, again, like I said, come at decisions from this more masculine energy. But the truth is that our, our gifts and our intuition and our ability to, um, manifest the things that might otherwise seem, you know, beyond our wildest imagination, it really comes from your being in alignment and not having any spaces of inconsistency, right? So that alignment comes from this type of deep self-care. And 
you know, I have a daily practice where I do Kundalini yoga meditation every morning. Um, and I can't tell you how it changed my life. I can't tell you how I experience, you know, stress completely differently. And I never have to really even, I don't even have goals anymore because (laughs) everything, everything just drops from the sky, you know, exactly what I need at any given time. And it may not look like that at the moment, of course. Right. But exactly what you need at a given time, I believe passionately will come to you if Mm. you are working on your own alignment and you're not focused on the conditional goals for your happiness, right? Because the trouble we can get into is if we say, oh, if I just have that job, I'll be happy. Oh, if I just make 10 grand more a year, I'll be happy. Oh, if I just get that book deal, I'll feel great. We all know that's an illusion, right? Because we've gotten the things we thought we wanted and we still are looking for more stuff. So it's a very different posture to feel solid and complete and whole and abundant. And it's a mindset and it's one you have to work on. And I believe that one of the greatest gateways to that mindset is healing your body, right? And mm-hmm. then one of the greatest gateways to that is through through nutrition. Um, so it's it's like a domino effect. And I mean, what again? You don't need to spend money on that on that posture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can. It's really about uh, self exploration and meditation comes up a lot on this show when people are trying to link health and well-being to their financial well-being. Um, I, I feel like meditation has some great public relations behind it in the last couple of years. I don't know what. <laughs> like, hilarious, yes. like, look, meditation's been around forever, yes, but exactly. it's had a resurgence of interest. And at least I think people are talking about it more, or maybe before it was, it was just considered a very like mm, right. niche kind of exercise. But now more and more like everyday people are like, admitting to it. So I think it's getting a lot more valid. I think it's out of sheer necessity, right? I think more and more and more people are feeling something is like very amiss, right? Something is really wrong and off and we feel disconnected. And, you know, what is being labeled as depression is very often uh, a very appropriate response to what's happening on this planet today, right? It's almost like an opting out uh, because we feel so bereft and we don't connect many of us to a sense of purpose. I mean, I was an atheist the greater part of my life. And it's, you know, and many people I know are, certainly many people in the medical community are. And it, you know, while it may suit suit you if you're loving life and feeling great, for the most part, to feel disconnected from any sense of meaning or purpose is not our native state, right? So I think it's out of sheer necessity that people are reaching for these more ancient technologies to try and connect them back to something um, that they know they've lost touch with. Another money question for you, Kelly. What was your first or most memorable experience with money as a child growing up that now as an adult you think about and it's you think it was a pretty influential moment? Mm. I, um, I think it probably wasn't a moment more than an initiatory experience, which was that I, uh, grew up in a relatively blue collar family and I was encouraged and actually very willingly, uh, complied with very early employment. (laughs) I was like 12. Um, when I got my first job at a bagel shop in New Jersey, 
agency called Bagelicious. And I, you know, got up every weekend. I was Time there to make six- the bagels. Yes, it was like literally like that. I was there at six in the morning, um, you know, to, to spend five hours there and to make my first pocket change. Right. And I, um, I feel like that was incredibly formative for me to not only experience the, the quote unquote value of my own money, uh, and my time as quantified in that way. Um, but also to start to learn about my own choices and how I can take control of this. I mean, I was raised, my mom was a stay at home mom, but she felt very, very strongly in a, in a sort of classical feminist manner that I needed to always be financially uh, independent and that I should never rely on another person for my independence. And, you know, while I, I think we all know, again, the, the one dimensional depths of that type of, um, focus, you know, that if you're just focusing on financial independence, like, can you possibly neglect other parts of your life that would offer you a sense of wholeness that is not in simply the financial acquisition model. But that being said, um, I value very much the independent spirit. I mean, I'm a very independent person. Um, I couldn't wait to get into a position where I didn't have a boss. I mean, I was like the first person to hang a shingle out of my entire residency class because I just, you know, needed out of the system. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's from these early experiences that you start to learn about your own, uh, you know, independent, uh, potential. And so I just, I think back on that and laugh. It's like (laughs) humble beginnings. I love it. I was watching you give a talk online and you said like early on you had this email. It was Kel Bro yes, exactly. <laughs> at Hotmail. And you talk a lot about this like masculine energy, this, you know, the, the bro within. Exactly. And um, I very much relate to that. And similar to you, sure. I think I was yeah. raised with this, uh, with this in sort of uh, uh, urgency or not urgency, but like real hope that I would grow up to be financially independent. And I couldn't wait to have my first job when I was a kid. I just liked working. Yes, exactly. And, you know, my mom is, um, is an immigrant from Italy Mm -hmm. and a lot of that mentality, I'm sure anyone who's second generation would tell you, you know, is, is very present in the household. So, you know, this sort of like, well, I created this opportunity for you. You better don't screw it up. Don't mess it up. Exactly. Exactly. And that is, that is legit pressure. I will tell you also, my parents are immigrants and I think what motivates me is making sure that they have a legacy too, that they didn't just come to the U S and sacrifice everything for it all to end at their generation that my brother and I can continue, um, the journey. So Kelly, what's a habit that you practice, uh, not outside of your health practices, but your a financial practice, something that you do that helps you with your money management, your financial well-being. So I am, uh, very non-business minded. I think that Many, many, many doctors, uh, I'm sure if, you know, ones that you've spoken to as well would tell you that we are absolutely not trained to think about our jobs as a business. We literally not one hour of training in our entire decade of, of medical school and residency. Is it ever acknowledged that, um, this is actually a business model as opposed to some philanthropic effort, right? So I did, I don't actually have very good, um, habits, 
meaning that I, you know, it's almost like a, feels like a distraction to me from what I'm here to do every day to think about money, to think about, um, how I should be managing it more wisely. Think about, you know, how I should be budgeting things more strategically. Um, so I will say that the greatest gift, you know, that I've ever given myself in terms of creating a better structure is to, is to work with, like a community of a team of, of people who do have these, these skills and abilities. And so I have, you know, surrounded myself by, you know, with people, my cousin is my office manager and she's, you know, just a wonder in this department. Um, and so part of it is like sharing the load and, and acknowledging your own limitations. So, that's sort of like where I've come to, and I'm sure I could probably learn a lot from you and your guests in terms of like day-to-day uh, practices that would um, help streamline my my efforts. But it's important to acknowledge when it's a bit of a blind spot, and when it's been you've been acculturated around that blind spot in certain professions. I find like super interesting. I don't think that's. Uh... I don't think that is untrue of many disciplines that you study in school other than just business. Like I studied journalism, you studied health and medicine and whether you studied English, I mean, you have to learn, uh, the business of that. Otherwise you're doomed. I mean, (laughs) or you have to have the wherewithal to get the team to help you. But I think that's a, uh, just a, a big disadvantage and, and it's a missed opportunity for schools to teach that because, um, I know for me, I wasn't the best writer. I wasn't the best um, reporter in grad school, but I had a sales and business background. So I was out there pitching and and I didn't realize it at the time, but really establishing myself and getting the, the confidence to go out there and kind of do this thing on my own. And um, I may have not have been the best and brightest student, but I had the most clips, published clips when I graduated. And I think that for me was much more important in the long run. Absolutely. Anyway, this is not about me, (laughs) but thank you for making me feel good about myself, Kelly, Dr. Brogan, Dr. (laughs) Kelly Brogan. Thank you so much. We're very excited about your book. Everybody run to buy a mind of your own, the truth about depression and how women can heal their bodies to reclaim their lives. And I don't think this is a book that just has to be for people who have experienced or are in the midst of depression. I think there's so many, um, universal truths in this book for everybody to, um, to incorporate in their lives and to, uh, to have a healthier mindset about what they're putting in their bodies, how they view the pharmaceutical world, by the way. And Mm -hmm. so thank you very much for, for, for this book and for all the work that you do. Such an honor. I love interfacing with, with your, you know, very well cultivated audience. It's super exciting for me. So thank you for this opportunity. Thanks so much to my guest, Kelly Brogan, her website, kellybroganmd.com. The book again is called A Mind of Your Own, The Truth About Depression and How Women Can Heal Their Bodies to Reclaim Their Lives. It was an instant bestseller. So check it out. Kelly's on Twitter at kellybroganmd. Thanks so much again for tuning in, everyone. If you want anything from this episode, whether it was the audio, the transcript, the comments, head over to somoneypodcast.com. It's all there for free. And while you're there, click on Ask Farnoosh. Send me your question for the Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh, and hopefully we'll connect that way. Thanks again, and I hope your day is so money. <laughs>